Amen. Do you remember the day when the heaven came down and glory filled your soul? Amen. I remember that day. That was October 30th, 1988 for me. Anybody else want to give your date? When heaven came down? Yes, sister. All right, how about you? Anybody else? The day that heaven came down and glory filled your soul. Anybody else? 82101. 82101. Yes, sister. June 20th, 2021. 2021, okay. Anybody else? March 26, 2014. April 7th, 2014. March 82. March of 82. March of 82. Anybody else? March 26. Well, uh, 2041, I want to say like May. May? Maybe. All right. Okay. Sister Mary? May 26, 2000. Anybody else? The day. Yes, sir. Well, I don't remember the day, but it was 30 years ago. 30 years ago? <laughs> Anybody else remember the day that the Lord changed your life? You just want to make the devil mad and tell them. Yes. It was August 18th of 09. August 18th of 09. Anybody else? Yes, sister. August 17th, 2017. 2017. Sister Ed? I'm like Brother Cat. Can't remember the day, but he saved me. Amen. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna trust you guys. <laughs> Anybody else tonight? Anybody else? The day that you received Christ as Lord and Savior, Amen. All right, well that's Amen for that, isn't it? All right, let's uh, read the scripture here tonight, and we're going to Galatians chapter five. Galatians chapter five. Hope I'm right. I didn't have time to think about this. Galatians chapter 5. Looks like there's 26 verses in Galatians 5. How many people we have tonight? Four? All right. Let's do six verses. First six verses, sister. Jessica. Chapter 5, you're going to go six verses, okay? Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Behold, I, Paul, say unto you that if ye be uh, circumcised, circumstance, Christ shall profit you nothing. For I testify again to every man that is circumcised that he is a debtor to do the whole law. Christ is become of no effect unto you, whosoever of you are justified by the law, ye are fallen from grace. For we, though through the Spirit, wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. For in Jesus Christ neither circumcised Aileth anything nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. Thank you. Ye did run well. Who did hinder you that ye should not obey the truth? This persuasion cometh not of him that calleth you. A little laven laveneth the whole lump. I have confidence in you through the Lord that ye will be none otherwise minded. But he that troubleth you shall bear his judgment, whosoever he be. And I, brethren, if I preach circumcision, why do I yet suffer persecution? Then is the offense of the cross ceased. I would they were even cut off, which trouble you. Thank you, my brother. For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. But if ye bite and devour one another, take heed that ye be not consumed one of another." This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary one to another, 
so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. But if ye be led of the Spirit, ye are not under the law. Thank you, brother. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vain glory, provoking one another, envying one another. Thank you, my brother. Jeremiah chapter 36 tonight. <clears throat> We're still going to talk about the Word of God. We preached on the Word of God all day Sunday. And we pray that that was a help to you uh, concerning the Word of God. Tonight we're going to preach again on the Word of God. And then Sunday we'll be preaching again on the Word of God. And so just want to make sure that in 2024 that you'll know who God is. You'll know who Christ is. And then you know the Word of God is. Uh, we will make clear tonight uh, what Bible do we believe in. And what does the Bible say and why do we believe in it. And so tonight is just another passage that's going to give us some more clarity about the Scripture tonight and that which you have in your hand. Here in verse 1 of chapter 36 it says, And it came to pass in the fourth year of Joachim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, that this word came unto Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Take thee a roll of a book and write therein all the words that I have spoken unto thee against Israel, against Judah, against all the nations from the day I spake unto thee, from the days of Josiah even unto this day. It may be that the house of Judah will hear all the evil which I purpose to do unto them, that they may return every man from his evil way, that I may forgive their iniquity and their sin. Then Jeremiah called Barak, the son of Neriah, and Barak wrote from the mouth of Jeremiah all the words of the Lord, which he had spoken unto him upon a roll of a book. Jeremiah commanded Barak, saying, I am shut up, I cannot go into the house of the Lord. Therefore go thou and read in the roll, which thou hast written from my mouth, the words of the Lord in the ears of the people in that Lord's house upon the fasting day. And also thou shalt read them in the ears of Judah that come out of their cities. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you tonight for the word of God. I thank you for the truth that we've already read in the passage, the truth that we've already sung, God, in these three songs that we sung tonight. God, we thank you tonight, Lord, that you're the God of truth. And Lord, tonight the truth shall make us free. And so we pray now, Lord, that you'd help us to understand the Scripture. God, help us to get it clearly. God, help us to know it. Help us to receive it. And then, God, help us to apply. Father, what we hear tonight, God, help us not to be only hearers of the Word of God, but doers, not deceiving ourselves. Thank you for all those you've gathered here tonight. Father, I pray you bless them, Lord. Pray, pray that you bless them for their faithfulness and their love for the Word of God to come to the house of God tonight on a Wednesday night. I know we're tired. I know we're busy. But God, we're never too busy, Father, to hear the Word of God. We're never too busy today, dear God, to hear what God has to say to us, to learn more of your Scripture, of your Word. Oh, God, I ask you, God, putting within our hearts a greater hunger and a greater thirst for the things of God and His righteousness. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. So we come to a passage here in Jeremiah chapter 36 and it's really well known, I didn't read the passage part, uh, about this king, Jehoiakim, who took the word of God and uh, he put it in the fire. And he threw the word of God into the fire and it burned. 
And so that's really where chapter 36 is mainly talked about, preached upon, and preached about. And uh, we'll read it through here tonight as well. We just don't want to take all that time because we're going to read it in just a moment. But really that's what the whole chapter 36 kind of when people preach it or people talk about it or preach it or people teach on it, they teach on this man, this king who takes the word of God and he throws it into the fire. And of course it just burns up. And so they use that as uh, something about the Word of God being burned up. But there's a whole lot more involved in that tonight than just that. I want, to note, I want you to notice, number one, tonight, uh, we talked on, on Sunday morning or Sunday night on the inspiration of the Word of God. And we found out that in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16, it says, All Scripture is inspired, given, given by the inspiration of God. We find tonight that the Bible teaches that the Word of God tonight is inspired. We find out in chapter 36, what does that look like? It gives us a clear picture and a clear understanding of what the word inspired would mean. We look here in chapter, chapter 36 in verse 1. It says uh, at, the, at the end of that verse, it says that this word came unto Jeremiah from the Lord saying... Now, when we talk about the inspiration of the Word of God, as we talked about there in 2 Timothy, also in 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 21, where it talks about there in that Peter where it, they were moved by the Holy Ghost of God, these holy men were, and they, God breathed upon them and God moved them so that the Word of God that we have tonight, uh, it would be the 66 books from Genesis to Revelation tonight, would be a revelation. And this is how it would look like in practical ways and, and the reality of how that took place, that this word uh, came from the Lord. And we can say tonight, this word came from the Lord. Amen? Amen. And we know that. We're assured of that. We found that out Sunday. Uh, I am convinced and persuaded tonight uh, that the word of the Lord comes from the Lord. Amen? And I would say that you and I that have the privilege to be able to own a Bible, to be able to hold a Bible, to be able to read the Bible, to be able to obey the Bible, to be able to, to look and give somebody else the Bible, what a privilege it is tonight to know that that's the Word of God. How many times do you get tonight to take something that the Word of God has spoken to existence tonight and to give to anybody or able to read it or able to look upon it or able to trust in it, able to walk after it and obey it tonight? Not many, but the Word of God tonight. So we notice in verse 1 that in the inspired Word of God that we have tonight or that what they had and we have too. It says that the word came from the Lord. Number two in verse, verse one it says, unto Jeremiah. Unto Jeremiah. Well, we got 40 authors in this book tonight of the, of the Bible that we call the word of God. From Genesis to Revelation, we find those 40 authors. Those 40 authors were given. Uh, they were inspiration means God breathed or God spoke. Uh, to these 40 men, and these 40 men has uh, uh, given us today the Word of God. And we find that to be so. What happened right here is the same thing. The Bible says that this Word of the Lord came unto Jeremiah. The same thing tonight, that's inspiration. God spoke to Jeremiah not because he was reading something from somewhere else. He didn't speak to Jeremiah because he had nothing really to say, but he spoke to Jeremiah because he had something for Jeremiah to say. Amen? And Jeremiah, as we look at it, we find that Jeremiah got what he is about to put down in this role, in this book, was what saith the Lord. Jeremiah didn't make it up. Jeremiah didn't come up with it. Jeremiah didn't add his two cents to it. Jeremiah didn't do any corrections on it. Jeremiah didn't say, let me make this shorter, make me make this longer. Oh, no. Jeremiah said that I got this from the Lord. And we find it inspiration there. 
that God had spoke these words to Jeremiah, and Jeremiah was going to put it to a book. We find here thirdly tonight, not only that the word came from the Lord and this word came to Jeremiah, but this word uh, came to them. The Bible says in verse 2, Take thee a roll of a book and write therein all the words that I have spoken unto thee against Israel, against Judah, against all nations from the day I spake unto thee, from the days of Josiah, even unto this day. So he said to him, uh, this word that I give to you, I want you to put it in a book, right? Just like inspiration tonight. What we have is a book, the Bible. And it was God that breathed, God spoke, the Holy Ghost of God moved, and those holy men put it in a book. We find secondly, but not only is it put in a book, but it is in a language. Because he says to them, write therein all the words. And so we find that it's not something that you can't understand. It's not something you've got to, you've got to figure it out. It's not something tonight where you've got to do this, that, and the other. It's words. So he said, put it in words, language. So the word of God tonight is language. The word of God is word. What's inspired of this Bible is not the men. It's the word. Tonight, it's not the black cover. It's not the pages that are white. It's not the black ink tonight. It's the word. That's what's inspired. And so as he's telling uh, Jeremiah, God is, he said, I want it in a book. I want it in language, but I want it to be truth. And so God, in the way of inspiration, you and I tonight have a book. Amen. And then we have a language. And then we have tonight truth. Because he said, what I'm about to say to you, I want you to say to them. And he said, I want you to say it to Israel. I want you to say it to Judah. And I want you to say it to all the nations tonight. Hey, this is a perfect example of our Bible. Uh, matter of fact, the words that are in our Bible, the same words that God spoke to Jeremiah to bring forth against Israel, against Judah, and against the nations. We're reading it tonight. Amen. And so we find tonight inspiration of God. Do y'all see that? I hope you can. So it kind of just kind of puts it into a, a picture form. It kind of puts us into an understanding tonight of how would God breathe out, speak out, and this is what it looks like. He spoke to Jeremiah, told Jeremiah, put it in a book. We tried number two. Not only did I notice an inspired word of God, but I noticed the desired word of God. So what is the word of God's desire? Why would he give a book? What is his motive? What is his intent? Why would God give his word to anybody? What is God trying to say? What is God trying to do? Did he give us a book so that you and I can learn more about us? Did he give us a book so that we can learn more about the science, about how science is, or maybe history? Or did he give us a book to maybe find out maybe how Israel was or how the world is or, or maybe a book to tell us and give us some information and, and give us some knowledge about some things tonight. Uh, I tell you tonight, the word of God is given exactly what Jeremiah, God told Jeremiah, I'm giving it to you for. And the Bible says, according to Scripture, he tells us that there in verse 3. He says, it may be that the house of Judah will hear. Hear what? Hear the words. Hear the language. And hear the truth. He said, I want them to hear of all the evil which I purpose to do unto them, that they may return every man from his evil way, that I may forgive their iniquity and their sin. Do you know tonight, that is the very purpose and the very reason why tonight that you have a Bible in your hand if you have a hand. This is the only reason tonight that you and I would find that God would inspire a Bible, inspire a word of God so that you and I can know three things. Number one, that we can know the judgment of sin. And number two, that we can know the grace of God. 
And number three, that we can know that we need to turn from our sin and repent of our sin. This is no other reason tonight why you got a Bible. This is the only reason tonight why you have a Bible tonight that God would want to uh, inspire is because he has a desire that he would save every person. Every person. So he gives us an inspired word of God. So don't think you got an inspired word of God just for you to sit on the sideline or to take it and do something, whatever you want with it tonight. Just know that the inspired word of God is desired so that you will know that there's judgment of sin. Look what he says tonight in the scripture. He gives us a clear understanding of what he wants. He wants Jeremiah through the inspired word of God to warn Israel, Judah, and all the nations of the judgment that is coming. He said that in verse 3. It may be that the house of Judah will hear all the evil which I purpose to do unto them. God said there's coming a day of judgment day. There's coming a day when you're going to stand before a holy thrice God. There's coming a day, Fred, heard a guy the other day say, when I get to heaven, I got some questions. Oh, sir, you won't have time for questions. Hey, when I, got to, when I get to heaven, me and God's going to have a talk. Oh, no, when you get to heaven, uh, he's going to do all the talking. You say, well, when I get to heaven, I'm going to straighten some things out. Hold oh, no. on. When you get to heaven, he's going to straighten things out. Right. Let me know, let you know tonight that the inspired word of God and the desire of God is to let you know that judgment is coming. That there's coming a day, friend, when you're going to stand before God on your sin. You're going to stand before him on every sin you ever done. There's a book tonight. The Bible calls it, amen, the book. And in this book is every sin that you ever committed. There's in this book, there's every thought, every deed, every imagination, friend, every intent and motive that you ever had. And that book will be open one day. And God will look upon that book. And everything that you ever did in all your lifetime will be presented unto him and manifested unto him. And you've got nothing to say. For it's a righteous judgment. He's not going to ask you, how do you feel? He's not going to ask you, what do you think? He's not going to ask you, well, you know what? I'll give you one more time to repent because that ain't going to happen on that day. You're going to give an account, friend, of your sins someday, one day before God. There's coming a judgment upon this world. There's coming a judgment upon this nation. There's coming a judgment, amen, on every person in every life today. Every nation will find that someday, one day, there will be judgment. God said, what I purpose unto them. Friend, listen, you can't be unsaved tonight. You can't live like the devil tonight. You can't be of the world tonight and full of carnality tonight. You can't be out there living as you want to and full of that works of the flesh that Brother George read here tonight and say that you know God tonight. You don't know God, but God wants you to know something tonight. You're going to find judgment. And friend, when you find judgment, he said, that's why I gave you the book. I gave you an inspired word of God, not touched by man, not the will of man, not the thought of man, not the wisdom of man, not the works of man, not the words of man. It's the word of God, and I'm letting you know through this Bible, I'm telling you, there is coming a judgment day. And you and I have no excuse tonight. You can do what you want with it tonight. You can throw the preaching off. You can just ignore Brother Larry. You can say, well, he's just another Wednesday night. Uh, Well, you can say whatever you want tonight. But that Bible who you have in your hand has been given for the sole purpose tonight that God lets you know that there's coming a judgment. Please heed what he says. We find number two tonight, he wants to warn them of the judgment coming. That's why we have the Bible. Number two, he wants to not only warn him of, of, the, of the coming of the, of the judgment tonight, uh, because he wants them to know tonight and persuade them to turn from their evil way. Look what he says there in verse 3. He says, that they may return every man from his evil way. He says what God wants tonight. God is not willing or not wanting tonight for anyone to perish. You know, if God had his way tonight, hell would be empty. 
if God tonight would, would, would everybody would just listen to what he has to say in his word and obey his word tonight and would come unto Jesus tonight and would turn from their wicked ways that would turn from their ugly ways and turn from their sin tonight. Friend, he says, why I gave you this book. God is trying to show forth a mercy to all the world tonight. There's coming a judgment. You've got to be judged for your sin and judged for your sinfulness and judged for all that you've done and all you're going to do in all of your life. He said, but I'm telling you right now, in the same book that says that, he said, well, you turn from your evil way. He said, boy, if I just, you let them know, Jeremiah. You just let them know I said this. And they were, uh, hopefully, maybe, uh, I, I'm wanting them. I desire that they repent. I'm not willing. I don't want to judge them. I don't want, to, I don't want them to go through the fire. I don't want to be, them to be cast into the lake of fire. I'm not interested in all the punishment for all of eternity. I don't want any of that to happen with anybody that I ever created. I want them to turn from their sin. Tonight's why you have a Bible. God says, please, please. Please know judgment's coming, but listen, you don't have to face that judgment. You can turn today. You can let go of your evil. You can put down your sinfulness. You can say no to the works of the flesh. You can say, listen, I'll turn my back to this world. I'll turn my back to its sinfulness. I'll turn my back to the things that are wrong with God. I turn. And thirdly, he said this. Not only tonight does he want to warn us of that judgment, but then he wants to persuade us tonight to turn from our evil, but he wants to forgive us from our sins. That's amazing. That's amazing tonight what God wants. Why would God tonight even care? Why would God even care for you? I mean, listen, Fred, how long have you lived for you? How long tonight have you lived in sin and loved it and had pleasure with it? How long, friend, have you lived in such a way that that Jesus died on the cross of Calvary? He shed his precious blood and that his blood that was shed on the Calvary could bring forgiveness to you and your sin tonight. But you live in sin and you have love in sin and you got pleasure in sin. And every day when you live in sin tonight, you're just putting your foot upon the Lord Jesus. You're stepping upon him. And friend, you're finding tonight, you're trodden him under your foot tonight because the sin that he forgave for you tonight you're not willing to turn from and get forgiveness of I'd be embarrassed tonight to be in the house of God knowing that today I've just done all kinds of wrong all kinds of evil all kinds of sinfulness and I don't feel nothing I don't feel bad about it I mean I'm okay with it I mean, I'm not as bad as the robber. I'm not as bad as the murderer. I'm not as bad as the rapist. I'm not as bad as the drug addict. I'm not bad as the old drunk. I'm not bad as the old, the, the one here's the abuser of mankind. Listen, Fred, you can keep on doing all that nonsense you want to tonight, but the fact of the matter is, his judgment is coming, and God wants you to turn and repent from your sin so that he can forgive you of your sin. So stop pointing fingers at everybody else tonight and everyone else and look right back at you and say, listen, that Bible I got in my hand is telling me judgment's coming, turn from my sin, and he'll bring forgiveness in my heart. Ain't that good? And that's what God's telling Jeremiah. The inspired word of God. Tonight, the words of the very Lord tonight is telling us that this is what God's heart is for us. He wants to pardon us. He wants to purge us. He wants to purify us. Friend, if we just tonight will repent or return or even tonight respond. Respond to the Holy Ghost of God as it's bringing conviction upon your heart of sin and judgment and of righteousness. Respond to the Word of God tonight that's trying to persuade you through faith tonight to turn from the wicked ways and to trust in Jesus tonight. And the reason why you want to do such a thing is because judgment. Judgment. And Tonight we see the desired Word of God. Can I say here thirdly tonight? Not only with the inspired Word of God and the desired Word of God, but I noticed the preserved 
Word of God. Look here, man, this is good. I, I like this tonight. I started shouting when I was studying this last night. The Bible says in verse 4, Then Jeremiah called Baruch the son of Neriah. Baruch wrote, wrote from the mouth of Jeremiah all the words of the Lord which had spoken unto him upon a roll of a book. Here's the preserved word of God. I want you to notice tonight that the Lord spoke to Jeremiah, didn't he not? So he got direct, direct breath, direct words. It came right to Jeremiah, not to Brock, to Jeremiah. And Jeremiah could say without a shadow of a doubt that I got a word from the Lord. Amen. Right? He could say that. And man, it would be, it would be true. Right. I got something directly from the very mouth of the creator of the world. Yeah. Whew, that's something. That's what he could say. It would be very, very true. But then I want you to notice the second part of the scripture is not only Jeremiah is the one tonight that got the word from the Lord. The Lord spoke to Jeremiah. But then Jeremiah spoke to Barak. Here's a preservation. So we're talking tonight of a maybe a second hand, right? If God spoke to Jeremiah, and then Jeremiah spoke to Barak, could there be something in the way of translation that could be missed? I mean, listen, if I tell, if I tell Robert here something, and he goes over and tells, uh, come over here and tell uh, Charlie something, he might not tell it all like I said it. He might leave out an is. He might leave out an a. He might leave out something like an s. I didn't say plural. I said singular, but he said it plural. Is that possible? That's probably the way it always works, isn't it? And we find in the scripture, though, that it says that whenever God spoke to Jeremiah, Jeremiah spoke to Barak. So we find inspiration, but then we find preservation. Amen. Isn't that right? Yeah. And tonight the King James Bible that you have on your hand is the preserved Word of God. Hallelujah. As it was inspired of Hebrew or Aramaic or Greek, it's inspired it's translated in English tonight, and it's the pure Word of God. It's been translated, and it's, there's no errors with it because of the very preservation. Because I want you to look at the third point. I noticed that the Lord spoke to Jeremiah. Jeremiah spoke to Barak, and the Barak wrote then in a book. Look what he says. What did he write? Verse 4. Jer he said, wrote from the mouth of Jeremiah all the words of the Lord. What did he write? All the words of the Lord. So he didn't write all the words of Jeremiah. He wrote all the words of the Lord. But if Brock had to be, Brock had to be honest tonight, he would have to say, I didn't hear from the Lord. I heard from Jeremiah. Is that true? Jeremiah could say, I heard from the Lord. But the Bible itself says tonight that whatever Barak wrote down, he didn't write down what Jeremiah said. He wrote down the words of the Lord, Robert. Preservation. <laughs> What you got in your hand tonight is the word Amen. of the Lord. Amen. It's been preserved. Yes, thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Is it what the 40, 40 authors or the 40 holy men that they were breathed upon, what, is it what they wrote in our scripture tonight? No. This is English. Right. Uh -huh. That was Hebrew, or Aramaic, or Greek. What we have is English. So is it? Was it? No. But is it preserved? Yes. So what does that mean? It's the Word of God. Amen. 
as if it was inspired. Amen. Amen. Hope you're with me tonight, church. The preservation of the Word of God. So Brock wrote them in a book. And in this book, he wrote the words of the Lord, even though they were the words of Jeremiah, who the Jeremiah got the words of the Lord. Amen. Aren't you glad for the preservation of God's Word? Number four, I got six points. Number four, I want you to notice the preached Word of God. So when you get an inspired Word of God, and you get a desired Word of God, and you get a preserved Word of God, then you can have a preached Word of God. Anything less than inspired, anything less than desired, and anything less than preserved, there's no preaching in that. Amen. I'm just telling you tonight, not only does the Word of God have to be inspired, but the Word of God's got to be preserved. It's got to be. Or the preaching is in vain. We find here, though, I want you to notice in verse 6. He says, Therefore go thou and read in the roll which thou hast written from my mouth. Now, a while ago it said that he wrote the words of the Lord. But now he tells us he wrote what came from the mouth of Jeremiah, which is the words of the Lord, confirming once again. The words of the Lord in the ears of the people in the Lord's house upon the fasting day. Number verse 6 tells he preached the words of the Lord which were original. That's what he preached. And tonight I can say to you, I wasn't one of the 40 and neither were you. I wasn't there back then in the 1500 year period when this Bible was uh, being inspired. I wasn't there. Neither were you. But tonight I can say with honestly that when I preach this Bible, the King James Version Bible, I am preaching the Word of God. Amen. Originally, the Word of God. I can say that. Because that's what Barak was saying. He was reading, preaching, giving, telling, he said, I want you to give them the word of God because I'm against Israel. I'm against Judah and all the nations. So there was preaching taking place, but he was preaching not the words of Jeremiah and not what Barak had wrote down, but he's preaching the word of God. We find this preach the word of God is preaching the original. Even though it's not in Hebrew and I'm not speaking Hebrew, um, it's not in Greek and I'm not speaking Greek, I'm speaking English out of English, but it's the word of God. Hope you believe that tonight. Because if you don't, you're wrong. Number two, none of the words of the Lord are originally, but the words of Jeremiah are preservedly. That's what he's reading. He's reading the words of Jeremiah that God had preserved. And tonight I can say to you tonight that as I preach the Word of God tonight, I'm preaching a Bible that not only has been inspired originally, but I am preaching a Bible tonight that's been preserved. Amen. And so you and I can know this is God's Word. We find thirdly uh, that the Word of God that Barak is preaching is humanly. In other words, I'm saying that the Scriptures, he says, is read, preach the words of the Lord in the ears of the people. In other words, do it humanly. God didn't write the book where it can be preached in heaven. God didn't write the book and be preached in Mars. God didn't write the book where it wouldn't be preached and nobody would understand it. He didn't write the book so you and I tonight could just wonder and say, boy, I don't know what all that means tonight. Oh, no. He said, I wrote the book so you can preach it to the ears. Because they need to understand it. So preaching tonight is preaching the Word of God. Originally was inspired, but it was uh, tonight preservedly tonight uh, that we can preach the Word of God, but then humanly tonight that they may preach the Word of God not only to the ears of the people, but in the house of God. You see that? So what should we do in the house of God? 
Preach! And some people don't like that. Well, you're going to take it up with God. Because, friend, that's what he told us to do. It's preach the Word of God. Not teach the Word of God. Not go around, friend, and sharing the Word of God. And not just talking about the Word of God. Preach the Word of God. I can show you all kind of scripture about that preach. People don't like preaching. The reason why they don't like preaching is because preaching brings you to a place of making a decision on the context of the preaching. And now he is reading, he is preaching to these people and he's telling them what God is saying and what God is saying is against them. Against Israel, against Judah, against them. Amen? He said, because I'm against you, because the way you're living and what you're doing, he said, now judgment's coming to you, but if you repent of that sin, I'll forgive you of that sin, and I will bring grace and mercy into your life. He said, so I'm telling you that preaching will get the job done. Amen. So as long as we're here, we're just going to go ahead and preach. Right. And I just feel tonight y'all are pretty okay with that. Sure. Amen. I would say tonight that if I was in the church and, and that pastor got up there and he hum hung and he just talked about things and he gave a lot of illustrations and got, got a lot of stories and, and quoted John MacArthur and John, quoted John Phillips and, and Matthew Henry and, and uh, you know, Ronald Reagan and, and uh, you know, all those people there and, and you leave out of here with no conviction upon your heart. Uh, there's, no, there's no demand of change in your life. Uh, there's, no, there's no sin conviction of how you're doing and what you're doing tonight. I wouldn't go to a church like that. I'd leave it as quick as I came in. I said, I don't want anything like that. I want something as it was, inspired and preserved. Preach. That brings a demand upon your heart. A choice to make tonight. The Bible says in the cities, there in verse 6. Now I want you to notice the hope of preaching. If you preach the Word of God, there's hope in that. If you hear the preaching of God's Word, there's hope in there. Look what it says in verse 7. It may be that they will present their supplication before the Lord and will return everyone from his evil way. For great is the anger and fury that the Lord hath pronounced against this people. Can I say to you tonight, there's hope when people preach the Word of God. Because it's originally was inspired. It is preserved. And tonight, it's human. It's for us tonight to hear what God has to say. And Fred, when you get under the preaching of God's Word tonight, I'll be honest with you. I, 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 was, I was on a preacher. Uh, I went to this church in 1980. And I was there in 80, 80 81, 82, 83, 84, 85. I went out knocking doors. I preached in the Awanas program. I went, to, I went to camp and won all kinds of awards in preaching contests. I came back to the preacher. I preached sometime in that church. I taught a Sunday school class. And in 1985, this pastor committed adultery with seven different women, and I left the church. When I left the church in 1986, I come to Parkwood Baptist Church under a preacher. 1988, I got born again. What it all boils down to, there was a man for the first six or seven years, and he was a teacher. That's what he was. He didn't preach a lick. Everybody likes teachers. Everybody likes information. Everybody likes knowledge. Everybody likes coming to church and bringing your little satchel and bringing your little Bible handle holder and you get here and you sit down and he gets up there and teaches you and he gives you a little three-step here and a four-step here. He lets you have some knowledge and understanding and some clarity about a few things and you walk out of here as cold as you came in, as dumb as you came in, as a really just as a, a the way that you are is the way you left. And, and Fred, but Fred, when there's a preacher on the scene, it, things get stirred up. 
You don't like them too much. They hated John the Baptist. They hated the pre- they hated they hated Paul. I mean, they don't like preachers. The world don't like preachers. They don't like the, ye- the yelling. They don't like the loudness. They don't like the spit. They don't like the sweat. Uh, they don't like the way they say it. They don't like the way they comb their hair. They don't like the, what they wear. They don't like nothing about them, and they don't want anything to do with them. And I'm going to tell you what it's all about tonight. It's about you being born again. They just don't want to be born again. Because, see, God's telling them there's judgment. God's telling them you've got to turn from your sin. And God said, if you do, I'll forgive you. But they don't want to do that. They want all the knowledge. They want to be tickled with their ears. They're seeking out these teachers. They're seeking out these people. Uh, they're looking for the Joel Osteens. They're looking for, we're looking for the, the people tonight who just can come, the Rick Warrens, and, and they can come and to, to give you all this stuff and to try to, to move you with emotion and move you with the thought and, and to move you tonight uh, with, but never sin about your life and never a preach upon there. We're God. Does all the work. God does everything. Not, not, not you, not the preacher, but God does everything. We find there's hope in preaching. We find the hardness of preaching. For he said, for, for great is the anger and fury that the Lord hath pronounced against this people. That's hard. Isn't it hard? That God would come and speak to these people and say, Hey, listen, man, I'm mad at you. I'm angry with you. I have pronounced upon you, I'm against you. You know, you say, what happened to the love of God? You tell me. You tell me, Fred, where is the love of God in that verse right there? I'm angry. I pronounced evil on you. Your evil way, I'm upset with that. Where's, where's the little gooey, ooey God? That this world is so talking about today. He's not in my Bible. Now listen, you say, where is the love of God? This is the love of God. You're going to stand in judgment one day. If you turn from your sins, he'll forgive you. That's love. That's love. (laughs) That's love. We find tonight the hardness of preaching, the hope of preaching. Uh, but then can I talk about thirdly, the honor of preaching. Look at verse 8. Now, Barak has now been taxed with reading the Word of God. Preaching the Word of God. He's been taxed with that. We find in verse 8, the honor of preaching tonight is with obedience. Look what he does. The Bible says, the son of Neriah did according to all that Jeremiah the prophet commanded him, reading in the book the words of the Lord in the Lord's house. We see the honor of preaching tonight is being obedient. Don't get mad at your preacher tonight because he's preaching the word of God. He's just being obedient to the word of God. He's being obedient to God. You ought to congratulate him. You ought to honor him. You ought to pray for them. You ought to embrace them. You ought to say, dear preacher, keep on preaching, my brother. Keep on telling us the hope we have in preaching, but the hardness of preaching we need too. Uh, we need the whole counsel of God. We need the line upon line and precept upon precept. Study to show thyself approved unto God. We need rebuking. We need correcting. We need instructing. We need reproving tonight and rebuking tonight according to the Scripture tonight. Keep on preaching, bro. Amen. Amen. And what does that mean for you got a preacher preaching? That means he's obedient. Mm-hmm. See, Brock was just obedient. Mm-hmm. I, I say to you, friend, when you got somebody that will take the Word of God, the preserved Word of God, the King James Version Bible, Fred, and constantly just preach it, that's obedience. Number two, I notice not only the obedience, the honor of preaching tonight is that you can be obedient, but I notice faithful. Look at verse 9. And it came to pass in the fifth year. But look at verse 1. And it came to pass in the fourth year. And verse 9. And it came to pass in the fifth year. That's one year. He's still reading. One year later. It says, 
of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, in the ninth month, that they proclaimed a fast before the Lord to all the people in Jerusalem, to all the people that came from the cities of Judah and to Jerusalem. And we find tonight there in verse 9, he's just faithful. And when I say to you tonight, when a man will get up and pin his ears back and God loosen his tongue and God fills him with the Spirit of God and he preaches tonight uh, with power and authority upon high tonight and he's preaching the, the very preserved Word of God in errant, infallible tonight. And Fred, you ought to say, that man's faithful. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's what Barack was. Tonight I won't be faithful. As long as God gives me breath, as long as God gives me strength, as long as God gives me abilities tonight, I want to be just like a Barack here. Be obedient and be faithful. Preaching. The honor of preaching tonight. Thirdly, I notice it's serving or being steadfast. Look at verse 10. Then he read, Barak, in the book of the words of Jeremiah, in the house of the Lord, in the chamber of, of, of uh, Jemirah, and the son of Shaphan, the scribe in the higher court, at the entry of the new gate, in the Lord's house, in the ears of all the people. Uh, he, he's moving up, ain't he? Yeah. I mean, he's just not down there in the Lord's house anymore. Hey, he done got up in there into the higher court. I mean, friend, you find that he's serving uh, the Lord. And but wherever the Lord allows him to go, he goes. Friend, you'll find at night that he's up there in the, in the, in the, up there in the higher court. Look at verse 11. And when Micaiah, Mike, the son of, of Jemariah, the son of Shaphan, had heard out the book of all the words of the Lord, he went down into the king's house, into the scribe's chamber, and lo, all the princes are set there, even Elisha, the scribe, and Delilah, the, of the a son of Shilamiah, and Elon, the son of Abgar, and uh, Jeremiah, the son of Shaphan, and Zedekiah, the son of Hananiah, and all the princesses. I mean, there's a bunch of folks right there. You would think that maybe Barak would have kind of got scared at this point. I mean, you're talking about the higher court. You're talking about the low court. You're talking about getting closer to the king. You're talking about getting closer to some important people. And you just keep on preaching the word. You just stay obedient. You stay faithful. You stay serving. Because, friend, when you know, as a preacher knows tonight, that what I have in my hand, the originals were inspired, but what I have in the King James Version tonight is preserved, which makes it the Word of God. You can be faithful, and you can be obedient, and you can serve. It don't matter if there's dignitaries. It don't matter President Biden. I wish President Biden was in here. I wish old Kamala Harris was in here. I wish all of them were in here. It wouldn't affect me at all at all. Matter of fact, I might, be, I might die preaching him before that crowd. I don't know if my heart can, can take it. I'd probably have an explosion within me for, for preaching so hard. Oh, I'm saying tonight, preach the word of God. And I ask you tonight, if you look at verse 16, I got five more minutes for you that are ready to quit. Verse 16, I'm not ready. I got, I got until 30, till verse 30. You see that? I'm supposed to be preaching the whole chapter tonight. I want you to notice number five tonight, the received word of God. Look at verse 16. Now it came to pass when they heard all the words that were, they were afraid, both one and other, and said unto Barak, we shall surely tell the king of all these words. What are they talking about? Well, there was a group of people that were called tonight the princesses. They're described there in verse 14, verse 15, and verse 16. And they heard, they heard this inspired, preserved, desired word of God. And when they heard it, the Bible says they got afraid. Tonight, that's what will happen when you get saved. That when you hear the Word of God and it's given to you in the power and the demonstration of the Holy Ghost of God, you understand that God says that judgment day is coming. But if you turn from your sin, I'll give you forgiveness. And you'll get afraid. Oh, God, I don't want to die and go to hell. 
Lord, I don't want to die in my sin. Lord, I don't want to die in my condition as an adulterer, a fornicator, a harbonger, a sodomite, an abortionist, a drunkard, a liar. I don't want to die that way. I live my life those terms, and I've been that things. And Lord, I don't want to die. I got scared to death. The Word of God. They received it. They received it because it put a fear into their hearts. And boy, I'll tell you tonight, there will be some folks tonight that will that will receive the Word of God. They were afraid in verse 16, but look in verse 17. They were amazed. Look what it says. And they asked Barak, saying, Tell us now, how didst thou write all these words at his mouth? I mean, listen, friend, when you, when you get afraid, you start getting saved, you start asking more about the Bible. You don't run from the Bible, you don't lay down the Bible. There's some of y'all, y'all, y'all say y'all been saved tonight five or six, seven, eight, nine, ten time, uh, years tonight. And you couldn't tell me the first five books of the Bible. And you couldn't tell me the first five books of the New Testament, can you? And you tell me that you have a love for God? You tell me tonight that you're hungering and thirsting for the righteousness and the truth of God? You tell me you're real? And the Word of God tonight does not even appeal to you. you got to be forced to read it. You think taking my daily bread every morning is think about reading your Bible, huh? You think about listening to the, looking up on the, uh, Brother, Brother Keith, now I'm not saying this against Brother Keith, but Brother Keith does this often. He'll send in a text and it'll be something of a verse and, and uh, it'll be a fancy, uh, has a fancy uh, outline and it's not just a verse like he wrote but it's something he found and something he posted and he probably copied and pasted and, and uh, it comes on the, the, uh, the I guess the guy's uh, text amen uh, but some of y'all read that and you say okay I'm done for the day that's all I need that's all I want that's all I care for I'm telling you tonight friend these people started asking Rock tell me more about this Tell me more. See, friend, when you, get, when you receive this, you want more of this. And if you're here tonight and you don't want more of this, then you might want to receive the Word of God because it's evident tonight you haven't. The Bible says, as a newborn babe, what does a newborn babe do? Sincere. What? Desire. What? The sincere milk of the Word. If you've never been a babe, you surely can't be an adult. Friend, when you got born again, friend, that, that thirst for that milk of God's Word. And then, then there comes a day when you say, man, I'm just not getting full on this meat, on this milk. I need some meat of the Word. Yeah. Amen. I'm just saying tonight, whenever they received the Word, they said, I'm afraid. But then they said, I'm amazed. And lastly, I close with this point. In the next verse, they said this. They said that they answered, or they got the answer. For the Bible says that then Brock answered, and he answered them. He pronounced all these words unto me with his mouth, and I wrote them with the ink in the book. You know what he said to them that received the word of God? They said, let me tell you what you received. Tonight, let me tell you tonight what you received when you get saved. He said to them, he said, you have received the inspired word of God. That's big. You have received the preserved word of God. That's what he told them. You have received the desired word of God. That's what you got. And tonight, when you get saved, you received the preserved Word of God. Infallible, inerrant, authorized. Authorized King James Version Bible for practice and for faith. 
This don't contain the Word of God. This is the Word of God. This ain't something tonight where you can just go find anywhere. You can only find it because God gave it. Amen? And when you receive it, you're going to find, friend, your life will be saying, give me more of it. If it was inspired, it was preserved, and it was desired, I can't do without it. Is that true, church? That's what Barack was saying. Under them that received it. I'll finish it up someday. Maybe next week, if I don't have to go back to the jail. Let's stand to our feet tonight. I really want to make a plea to you tonight. Are you 100% sure? Now let me say it like this. Are you 1,000% sure that if you die of a heart attack or die on the way home in a car wreck or get shot by a drive-by or tonight when you get home and you're eating and you choke, and you die, or tonight when you're laying in bed and you stop breathing. You open your eyes for the last time. You never, ever talk again, and your body is cold and hard. My question to you tonight is this, is where would your soul be? Where would it be? I can tell you the two locations possibly it could be. First location would be hell. And we know that out of Luke chapter 16. The rich man died, and in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torments. The other place it could be also plea is heaven. Bible absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. Now, there's others today It says, well, my soul is just in the grave. My soul is just kind of floating around in outer space. My, my soul is just kind of come back someday as a different animal or different in, some kind of a person like reincarnation. I, I don't know what you might be believing, but there's a tremendous amount of things about the soul. Now, tonight... You got to make a choice. Where are you tonight if you die? Where are you? you? Say, brother, I'm going to heaven. Amen. And it's because of this inspired, preserved, desired word of God. That's why. You say, brother, I I'm going to hell. And some of you might say, I don't know. Won't you come tonight? You come. But George, we don't usually do this on Wednesday night, but would you do this tonight? Would you play a, a course of some type? Well, what are you going to play? Do you know? Um, I know. I'll just put you on the spot. I'll say, uh, let's, let's say this. Let's, let's sing I Follow Jesus, okay? Yeah, let's do that. Y'all sing with us tonight. Tonight, if you're not singing, you come to the altar. And let's get this taken care of tonight. Let's just get saved. How about it? You come. You come. You sing with Brother George tonight. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided. Have you? Have you? You sing. And to follow Jesus.
Oh. 